happy 2023, Josh. Is that what that is? It is. This is what this is. Cheers. Didn't know we had 2021 yet. <laughs> You're still listening to an album from 2021. Mate, honestly, that's all I could find when you said, like, pick some songs for this episode. Everything I've been listening to is years old. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I had to look because I had to check the Jesse Daniels record that came out in 21. Hendrickson's yes, record came out in 21. And like... Lance brought, Rogers, 21. Yeah. Sierra Ferrell was like 20, yeah. I think. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, I brought my record out in 2020 and I'm still furious that I'm not on any best of end of year lists this year. Well, I released mine just before the lockdown, man. So I didn't even really get to push that much. Yeah. <laughs> so I try to make up for now. So like, skip two years. Yeah, man. The last two years have just been an absolute blare of releases and stuff because time's just been irrelevant for the last couple of years. But how do you how how's your twenty twenty two been? Pretty solid to be fair. Seeing as I'd pretty much written the whole thing off, <laughs> thinking I wouldn't actually get up to much. Was just planning on doing a bit of recording when I could. And then everything just went mental. <laughs> been pretty bloody solid. <laughs> yeah, man, it's been a fun year and you've been recording stuff, but that's gonna be released next year. So you're gonna be on some end of twenty twenty three lists. Maybe even be 2024 the way we're going. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it is what it is, man. Yeah. So do you want to do a rundown? So basically we can talk about our rogue shows because we've put on, I've checked and I've got the list here and we went one, two. We did like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight shows this year for rogue country. So, you know, I'm grateful that you're prepared because I was literally just getting day drunk at a part of mine. <laughs> And then yeah. we'll we'll do rogue shows, favorite releases of the year, and it has to be twenty twenty two. Honorable mentions, and then favorite personal gigs. We'll talk about what we're planning for next year as well. But yeah, I feel it's weird, man, because twenty twenty two has been busier than the last few years, obviously. But I feel like we started getting stuff ready in twenty twenty. And it has just this year has been kind of the proof of the pudding of what we've been doing for the last few years, building a foundation to then finally get to fucking bring it to live shows and stuff. Yeah, it's sort of like forced you to adapt things and think about things a little differently and try and create that online presence a bit better. Yeah. Because literally that's all you could do. So I kind of feel like we come out with the starting blocks fucking gunning this year. Like it's <laughs> we hit the floor running and we've, you know, done some pretty cool shit. Yeah. Like I said, it's building that fan base, trying to connect with people instead of just, you know, sitting on yarns, waiting for things to happen. So, yeah, I think that's the important thing because, you know, early or late 2019, early 2020, we were talking about what to do online. And that was, I was talking about the podcast. We were talking about a radio show and it kind of felt like we were in a prime position when everything hit, because we didn't really have to change gears. We were like, well, we're going to be doing the live yeah. streams from people's houses. We are going to be doing the radio show. We are going to be doing the podcast. So we kind of, the only thing we didn't do was put live gigs on, which was fine because we didn't have anyone really paying attention to us yet. So it was a really kind of opportune time. And then this year we've been the radio show off because it's too much effort. We've rebranded the Into the Van podcast to the Road Country podcast, which I feel in like the numbers of, proven that it was a smart idea too and it's been nice people have listened to it and then we've put on some fucking sick shows as well which is a pretty fucking solid year you can't knock that can you no <laughs> you know yeah when you put it down like on pen and paper yeah man. we've actually tried to do it's been a good job yeah you know? that, that was what I, I wanted to obviously chat to you as the co-head honcho of rogue country to do I'm a bit right on your coattails mate you're doing the language i'm just <laughs> Well, we, we're sharing the same coat, as you said. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know if we'll do one of these at the end of next year. I just wanted to try and do a bit of a victory lap, talk about our favorite records and stuff. And it was something new for us to try, other than what seems to be everyone else's fucking idea is to start another goddamn award show. To be you like... <laughs> I know they're keen on bribery, so it was pointless to start one. 
those pesky morals. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go into rogue shows of the gear. The first one we did this year was like just to preface this, me and you aren't playing all of the shows, but we played most of them. <laughs> <laughs> In some respect. Yeah. But I think what I'm trying to do up this way is create a scene and create shows and stuff. And if it's a cool gig, I'm obviously going to try and put myself on it. But if it comes to like a big artist, I'll want to put someone on that I think will fit more because I know I'm not for everyone. So I want to make someone fit better than I You're will. not even for me. Yeah. And putting up with you. I don't know why. <laughs> but and then try and, you know, bring in our friends and artists that we like as well. But first up was Young Devils, me, and Fargo Railroad at the Swinging Arm on March 24th. And that was a fun show, man. I think we sold, it was under 20 tickets. But it was the first time we all got to see Young Devils, who I found on Reddit, who were awesome. And I really liked those. It was where we learned how to not work a crowd with Jody and Parker Railroad Company. <laughs> <laughs> three hours deep and we're only halfway there. <laughs> yeah, if you're like three songs away from an hour and a half set and say we're only halfway through and a good chunk of the audience walks out. You know, maybe, they maybe say always it. leave the audience wanting more, but Jody was... So like you know, just fuck that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jody, we're leaving it all on the stage tonight. Let's do yeah. it all. Jody is one of those performers who knows to leave everything on the stage, and you know, to be fair, it was a fucking brilliant set. I just don't think that joke went across as he wanted to. <laughs> Especially like you got like a three act bill. Yeah, you know that's a lot for anyone, isn't it? Yeah. Or, no, that was a sick night and solidified what we were doing with Swinging Arm. And then it moved over to your neck of the woods on May 20th with the first rogues in the round. And that was Megan Lee, Darren Edens, you, unfortunately, and Brandon Ridley. Rest in peace, Brandon. Not to be confused with Random Ridley. <laughs> the uh, compelling tribute act that has hit the scenes running. <laughs> but that was a sick night. Slightly less on numbers, but it was really, really intimate venue. Really nicely done. Mm. The people that were there wanted to be there and you wanted to hear original music. So that was a great night. Yeah. I think we did like 15 tickets on the door and then nice. we had like had like eight walk-ins halfway through. So mm. it's like not quite a full house, but yeah. But that's, that's the interesting thing, man, with, you know, country music in the UK doesn't really have a scene. It has a few people who think there's a scene. There's a few people who are kind of, trying to make a scene and then there's also people who are just want to see the c to c like gigs and if someone massive comes over that's like who they go and see and it's an interesting there's people that can't let go of a scene and yeah. if doing the same formula since the 70s and just refuse to change anything yeah <laughs> let's not forget those guys yeah but i think that's what we're trying we're looking at it as a free for all and as a no one gives a fuck and yeah. make trying to get people to give a fuck. So it's we're working from like the foundations, which I think is really interesting, which is, you know, whether it's 15 or 20 tickets sold or whatever, or walk-ins, that's a fucking win, man. That's people who are finding this music for the first time. They may be Tyler Childers fans because Tyler comes over and sells out fucking ton of shows and it's getting those people and the Dead South fans and those people who are coming to like that type of music and trying to fucking get their attention because there's people in the UK. It's just making sure the UK artists can get in front of them, which brings me to, guess what? I've arrived on my doorstep today. Oh, nice. Yeah, they were meant to arrive before the gig on Wednesday. And they arrived two days after it because due to the strikes of the workers, uh, the parcel got lost. So I had to get a whole new batch reprinted. So I've got 2,000 of the Rogue Country flyers that I'm going to be distributing to Rogue artists. And if anyone wants them to pass out at gigs and hang them up in shops or whatever to try and get a bit of noise made, let us know. But they're there. And that's what I'm hoping we can start to do is build on this and build from the ground up. It's old school DIY getting it out there yeah it's interesting what you're saying about like the scenes like there's lots of little scenes but like just because it's called a country scene doesn't mean it's going to work for everybody not everyone's no. going to be that same thing such a wide umbrella and so many different 
like I said, preferences out there, what people's idea of what country music is. Yeah. It is literally just a free-for-all, and we're trying to just reach the people that want to hear the stuff that we want to put out there, basically. Yeah. Instead of trying to force what we think on yeah. everyone else, it's trying to welcome those in that want to hear it. Yeah. And create opportunities to see artists that you may not get to see otherwise and leverage that into providing another platform for UK artists, which brings us to our third gig of the year, which I feel was the most popular gig for obvious reasons. On Monday, the 27th of June, we had Sierra Farrell for a sold-out show in Birkenhead Future Yard, opened by your good self, unless you read an Americana UK review and then there was no opener. It was never there. <laughs> never never there, lad. Never there. Sierra Farrell and half hour of silence. <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, that was hilarious, and it's probably like the most publicity that review is going <laughs> to ever get because the amount of backlash from people who were there and <laughs> yeah. it was absolutely amazing. Like there was a big like online storm almost about yeah. it. But that also big, shows that was actually better than getting a review, in my opinion. Yeah, I didn't like. Like I said, I didn't necessarily want a review, but just to have my name mentioned would have been nice. But like the people had spoken, people mm. had took up for it. Even people who didn't personally know me who just come to the show thought like you know. That's what it should be. And that was that was incredible. Yeah, that shows how much of a success that show was that random people were backing you for it. Yeah, and still are backing me now. Like, I'm sending so many T-shirts to the world now because of that gig. <laughs> it's all it's all me and multiple identities just to make you feel better. I've, I've nearly got a full duvet. You've just summed up my entire career. It's a... Uh... <laughs> You pat me on the head and tell me I'm a good boy. <laughs> yeah, but no, man, I was like, I think the Sierra gig's been the biggest thing for Rogue this year. Like, we, I started working on it last year because she was meant to come over in January, but the plan always was to get a UK artist or artists, if it could have been the case, to play there. And I was so fucking psyched to um, get you on the bill for it because, you know, that sold out you didn't have to do any fucking promo work for that because it sold out before we even announced you. It was wild. Like, like you didn't even know about it till like the week before. Mm. And they just phoned me up smug as fuck. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I phoned you on my way to download. Yeah, man. Yeah. I was in the wait, fam. I was like, he doesn't <laughs> normally call me. There's an emergency of some sort. Mm, but yeah, 300 crowd, 300 tickets sold. Sold out show. You got to open it. That was such a fucking sick night. And the response from other people was so good. Yeah, man. Like, it's the first time as well coming off a show where people are coming up and really just like getting behind it and really, um, what's the right word I'm looking for? Like, legitimized what I was doing almost. Like, yeah. Like, holy shit. Like, people do actually want to hear this stuff. You know, to Leonard, it's just like a fat, broken whale's writing in his kitchen. <laughs> and that's not to take anything away from any other show. But, like, the amount of people just come up to the merch desk afterwards as well, it's just showed me there was, like, a need for old, miserable bastard songs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's what we've kind of talked about. There is a demand for UK country music if people know about it. Like, if you got that same opportunity opening for Tyler or Colter who come over and draw a crowd or Charlie Crockett and any UK artist got in front. They'd get fans, they'd get noise, they'd get traction, but it's just weird how the UK scene doesn't get a look in on tours until after the fact. While in America, you can see the lineage of like, Willie Nelson takes Charlie Crockett on tour, Charlie Crockett takes Drayton Farley on tour, Drayton Farley, and you can see the tiers of artists in the American scene and how they kind of move up while there's just the same kind of plateau for UK artists and it's trying to break that. But then again, like it's such a small scene. Most people don't know we exist. Yeah. Fans of that music barely know we exist. So how are like we supposed to get this chance yeah. without doing what we're trying to do, basically? Mm. Try and make some noise and champion some homegrown talent and artists. And yeah, that's always been the plan, and it like to try and give a bigger voice to this sort of style of music. Yeah. And like, as somebody who's personally been told, like, I'm too country, I'm not going to amount to nothing by like the mainstream or yeah, by uh, the powers to be, then getting to stick two fingers up 
when you do a show like that and actually find out there is a huge demand for what we're doing, mm. it's just so refreshing to hear and uh, just blows my mind. Yeah. And the cool thing was, and you kind of ex- you experienced it as well, of the fallout from that in November, because we both played shows with Nick Shoulders. And yeah. people bring it up rogue then was fucking mind-blowing to have like June, July, or September, October to November. And people being like, oh, fuck, Rogue Country, they put that Sierra show on. I was there. People, because I did Bolton and Leeds with them, and people traveled from like Hull and shit and all across like the north. So people were like, oh, fuck, I traveled down because we only we had the one Sierra Northwest date. So to see the impact that made has been so fucking sick. And to see people actually giving a fuck about Rogue since then has been really cool. You know, the amount of people that come up to me after that gig and was like, I had no idea this music existed in Wales. Yeah. You know. And then like taking flyers and stayed in touch. Like I've seen them in the comments and stuff afterwards. And like now they sort of champion me a bit because they see me at that in that light. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You sort of need to be with that act mm. of being taken half seriously. But it's been like like I said, the response has been incredible afterwards and it's just growing from strength to strength, I feel like. For me personally as well, I know mm. like, and you've been doing like Cam Cole shows and stuff like that, and uh, you know, I've really been trying to make ground this year, and the fact that people are responding well to it and stuff like that. You know, I got pulled up at that Nick Shoulders gig because of TikTok, like that just <laughs> fried my brain. Like, oh, we only knew this was happening because we saw your TikTok. It's like, <laughs> holy shit! Yeah, do you know what I mean? People just pulling you up on like stupid things you've done, but it's mm. like generally making a difference. Yeah, but I think that's also a good thing because you've not been shy to like not like you've embraced new technology. I know last year we were kind of making fun of TikTok, and it's been <laughs> our most useful platform this year. It's been incredible. Like it's, <laughs> like I said, it, it doesn't really fit my personality either because I'm basically an old man in an even older <laughs> man's body. <laughs> but yeah, man. They say we got to make some noise. We got to let people know we're here. Mm. And if you're not prepared to put that work in and try new things, then you're just going to stand still in it. Mm. Yeah, but what a fucking night that was! That was so good, mind blowing. Like when she took to the stage and we were stood in the wings, it's like literally just chills, man. Yeah, real deal. You know, there mm. in front of you, being a fan for that long as well, and watching her career grow myself. Yeah, watching her take to that stage. And it's funny, man, because you're a talkative fucker, and that was the quietest you've been in. I'm actually not that talkative. I'm just drunk now. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but my mind was blown. I couldn't speak for about three days afterwards. <laughs> yeah, it did. I couldn't soak it in. There's just so much going on, and it really hit me hard when like they were sound checking, and it's just like all these incredible a cappella three part harmonies, and then it became very real, and then. It was my team to go on after them in soundcheck, and my heart just did a backflip. <laughs> <laughs> you know, seems to like play the Opry or that you followed online, and didn't even think I'd get a chance to see one of his shows, let alone open one. Mm. It just honestly just blew my mind. Mm. Yeah. And I got to share that with my good friend. We got to hang out. And... Brandon. I don't know. I, yeah, I was going to say you probably get jealous now, but Brandon's <laughs> such a great guy. It's good of him to come out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And after that incredible gig at Future Yard, we took it back smaller with UK artists. And it was me again at my one of my favorite venues in North, which is Salty Dog. And I brought Chris Dover and probably one of my favorite finds of this year. And one of my favorite up and coming artists in the UK scene, Little Jackson Ward. Uh, young Jackson. Yeah. And that was a really good gig, man, because it's finding these folks online. And I get so fucking happy when I realize they're like an hour away from me. Yeah. Because I remember I found Young Devils and was listening to them online and was like, holy shit, this is amazing. Took me a while to find them on social media. And then they were like, oh, we're Manchester based. I was like, fuck. And then it was the same with Jackson where I was like, holy shit, this guy's in Chorley. So I had to fucking put a gig on with him. And again, man, I think we sold 20 tickets for that maybe, but it's a small pub. So again, it fills out. It was a fucking brilliant songwriter night. But like, it's generally to me, like as someone who does a lot of originals, it's better to have 20 people here that give a shit than 100 that don't and mm. they just want to get pissed and make a noise. Totally. And like you said, it's like it can be quite lonely out here. People like us are 
generally far and few between. You know, you really got to travel to see these acts. Yeah. When you find somebody on your doorstep, and you know, they're not only just like good musicians, but they're, like they're nice people, and you want yeah. to like, get to know them and you hang out with them, and it really does make a difference. And then like, you're sort of building this community of people who think like you, mm. and that's like groundbreaking, like for me personally. Mm, yeah i'll tell you one of my favorite things that kind of doesn't fall into any categories on this little chat is my, one of my favorite things of this year is our road country group chat yeah that's been such like what you were saying where it's like you're finding your friends and you find in a community of like-minded people and to have that where it's 90 not even about music no it's just shooting the shit and that's such a nice refreshing thing to fucking have but like there's a lot of experience there as well so yeah. if there's if I want somebody's opinion, that's the place I'm going to ask for it. You know, you can sort of draw off each other and like, you guys have helped me out with stuff. I like to think maybe I've helped you out with stuff. Mm. Different opinions, spitballing ideas, and trying to get stuff done. Um, yeah, it really helps. Like you say, like you can't do this on your own if you're trying yeah. to build a scene and create something. Mm. You need to build a community first. And it's really like getting to see that grow, especially this year. It's really come on leaps and bounds, you know? Mm. No, totally. A lot of people just want to take, they don't want to help build, but when you find those people that do want to build with you and mm-hmm. just as excited about music as you are, then it makes a difference. Like, Yeah. How many like DMs do you get off people who just want to, you know, you to book them for shit? Yeah. Or like, yeah. want to take something from you and you could just tell like, they skip all the small talk, they're not interested in like, no. Fucking... bullshit and chat. They're straight to business, and you see it a mile off, but they think they're being slick. And uh, <laughs> when you do meet the genuine, real ones, yeah, you can't do in a forum like it's just so refreshing. Yeah, no, and, totally. like I said before, like I write old man miserable as fuck country music, so we're not going to earn any money. <laughs> but if I can have like some friends are into just the same shit as me, then I'm winning. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, man, and that takes us on to probably one of my favorite weekends of the year which was in October the 14th, 15th, and 16th. And we can't take that much credit for organizing this. Chris Dover and Jody Davis did all the legwork for this. But the Rogues Round Tour or Mini Tour from October 14th in Nottingham, Sheffield the 15th, and Bradford the 16th was a fucking perfect weekend for finally getting to meet a lot of people in the flesh and yeah. play some fucking gigs together. It was just insane. And yeah, just getting to hang out as well. Like it's, It was a really fun weekend. And we just got to like just do normal shit. Yeah. Just yeah. You know, taking the piss, staying up late, going for breakfast, heckling <laughs> the shit. Absolutely heckling the piss out of each other. <laughs> All thing Chris over and to do social media stuff was highlighting my week. <laughs> yeah. Never letting him forget that avocado he ordered for his breakfast. Ever. <laughs> On his fucking People business. People don't forget call. Chris. People don't forget Chris. <laughs> yeah. but it, it was amazing to fucking finally see like cold hands and ash harden and the, the thing i'm gutted about is they didn't get to do the whole thing with us and you didn't get to see them but yeah. from them to like sheffield and then bradford was just fucking so fun and just getting to sit off in jody's and sing guy clark songs and john prime shit and fuck around really with his neighbors. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and help him plan his revenge against safeways <laughs> or Sainsbury's, which one yeah. was it? Sainsbury's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then last but not least, happened two days ago. Again, a future yard wasn't a sold out through capacity show, but it was the highest selling road gig so far, which I'm fucking thrilled about. We got 35 tickets sold. And yeah. it sounds, I don't, I don't know if it sounds crass to be bringing up tickets sold, but I think it's an important thing to highlight because if you aren't in, like the industry as a musician or a promoter or stuff, you might not think buying your tickets in advance matters or like buying tickets at all matters, but getting these pre-sales means that the venues get paid, the artists get paid. And in this case, we made some money for fucking charity as well, which was nice. So having those 35 people, we had 31 pre-sales and four people rock up on the door. And it looked fun, man. I put up a photo of it. And it looked sick. Like I was happy with like the tables, the candles, and everything like that. And it was a fucking such a fun night with uh, Chris Dover opening the show, Megan Lee, who played your writers round, and that was why we got her involved. And then me and Rob on a on a fiddle playing like playing the last set. And it was such a fucking fun gig. And it was nice to build on the momentum that Sierra did for Wirral 
and push it forward with UK artists. So you're saying like 31 pre-sold tickets for a grassroots event at a grassroots venue with entirely homegrown independent artists. That's nothing to be laughed at. Like no man, shows are living and dying by pre-sales. So if you could do like 30 tickets in advance, that's incredible. Like to me, yeah, you can only build for me. Like you say, it might be crass to mention ticket sales, but also it shows that it's growing. Yeah, yeah, you know, starting off like six tickets, maybe whatever it was, mm. to get to like 30 odd pre-sales. Yeah, man. You know, yeah, I think it's important to talk about, and I think. Not enough people talk about the business side of things. And it's been interesting to see like American Aquarium talk about merch cuts from venues and um, Joshua Headley talking about how much he was getting paid per gig and shit. It was a really interesting thing to hear because it just pulls back that veil. And, you know, this isn't Ed Sheeran level. This isn't selling out yeah. arenas and, you know, you get a guarantee and stuff. This is we are fucking scraping by on the bones of our ass to put these shows on and amazingly people are coming out and helping us put these on because without people buying these tickets we're fucked yeah yeah we're not on radio one or two eight times a day we don't no. have that luxury so the fact that people are still coming out this time of year as well with all the hard times that people are going through and you know cash is still on the ground so to do 30 tickets in advance yeah it's insane just after Christmas yeah yeah What's I remember like a month ago, I emailed them and was like, how are tickets doing? And you're like, we've sold two. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> that was that got me a bit worried. And then I messaged them like a week later and they're like, oh, we're on eight now. And even by eight, I was like, fucking yes. And then yeah. the, the week after that, they were like 17. And I was like, oh, that's fucking basically everything covered. I was like, okay, I'm happy with that. Let's fucking roll. And then it just fucking went up two more times and it was fucking... Yeah. What what it was, and it was such a fun night. And they bought like, merch, they fucking got involved. There's that habit of social media as well. People will only show the good side of things. Yeah. And they will tend to polish it up better than what it actually is. So the fact you're, you know, happy sitting here talking about like the hard times and the things needed to be put into events and stuff to make them work. That's the real stuff in it. Like it's not mm. just all winning all the time. It's, you know, you've seen it yourself. People will take pictures from like the very front just to show <laughs> hide the fact there's no crowd there. Yeah, I'm sure we've all been there and done that, but like that's not real, is it? Like, no, how do you expect people to get in and support you if you're not being genuine? No, totally, man. Do you want to talk about our plans for next year now, or do you want to save that to the end when we kind of talk about 2023 as a whole? Then. Yeah, let's save we'll it to the end. Keep them yeah. teasing, we're going to keep you hanging on a bit longer. Yeah. But I'm just going to say, if you're listening, there's going to be absolutely no shows in Wales. I put a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just let me get that clear right now. Yeah. Never mind. No hell in Wales. No shows in Wales either, lad. I've um, put an embargo on. <laughs> no acts allowed to pass through. <laughs> Let's go into our most confusing segment that causes a lot of trouble. Favorite releases of the year. Yeah, you look at it and go with um, that song that's been stuck in my head all week. <laughs> well, oh, the one you, I've still not listened to it. The Price Hog. Such <laughs> <laughs> an eerie man. I can't shake it. Mm. It lives completely rent free in my brain. <laughs> so, do you have five? Yeah, just about. I think as long as nobody's going to fact check me and check the dates, um, I should be good. <laughs> do you have them in favorite order? So, from five to one, or is it just you have them as a thing? It's literally as I wrote them down. Okay, well, let, let's go with your f like fifth pick, and then I will do my fifth pick, and we'll go forward like that. Okay. Um, I'm going to kick things off with Vanden Landers, Lock the Door. Ooh. I discovered him um, not long after that album came out, actually. But he had such a really unique style. It was um, a little bit vintage. Some nice, interesting elements in there. Some really, really cool songs. And it was just fresh. It was different. It was, um, you could tell he was looking back a little bit in his inspirations, mm. but it was still fresh and new. It was a really, really quirky, interesting sound. Mm. And what's like, is that his whole, like, what's the album called or is it? That is the album, Lock the Door. Oh, Lock the Door. Yeah, yeah. I think he's played Shine My Shoes on um, the radio show, which is off that album. I have no idea. What's his name? Vaden Landers. Vaden Landers. 
I hope I've said that right. If I said Vanden Landers, Vaden Landers, Vanden Landers, is it, do you mean Jake Vard Vardaland? No, Vaden Landers, yeah. Vaden Landers. Oh, God, I hope so because I've <laughs> dug my heels in now. If I've got your name wrong, I am terribly sorry. Assuming that you're gonna listen to this, but <laughs> we'll tag them in. <laughs> yeah. What is your name? <laughs> yeah. No, send me the link to that because I've not heard that. I'm sure you've played one of the songs before. Maybe. If it was recommended by you, probably. But I don't think yeah. I've heard a full album by him. So that's your number five. Yeah. Cool. This is not in any particular order. This is mm. literally just how I wrote them down. That makes sense. But yeah, we're going to, I'll put the album because we're doing this as a video segment as well. So I'll put it as a nice little image as yeah. well so people know. It really made me just second guess everything then, though. <laughs> Frantically trying to check what his fucking name is. <laughs> I swear yeah. to God, I know it. <laughs> well, my number five. I'm, I've kind of put these in an order. This, I'm, it came out this year, so I'm including it in 2022. But they're old songs. This is the "Live Forever" a tribute to Billy Joe Shaver. So that came out. I think it was last month, and it's got fucking Willie Nelson. Lucinda Williams, Ryan Bingham, Nikki Lane, Rodney Crowell, Miranda Lambert, Eddie Brickell, Nathaniel Rateliff, George Strait, Amanda Shires and Jason Isbell doing Honky Tonk Heroes, Steve Ale, Margot Price, Joshua Hadley, and then Willie Nelson does another song, and then Alison Russell also closes out the album. And it's fucking Billy Joe Shaver with those names. Like, how can you go wrong? That's a really nice tribute as well. Like, those many talented artists yeah. getting involved. Yeah, it, it felt like an old school record where it was like, you know, like wanted the outlaws. And do you know when people actually like collaborated and played together and got people were actually and... friends? Yeah, when people were actually <laughs> friends, <laughs> I'm not just trying to get iTunes number ones. Yeah, yeah, and it, it like it's got the same vibe. Like I feel that with um, Fraulein off Co Call to Walls album when Tyler kicks yeah, yeah. in, it's it's got that like, oh, these are actually fucking pals. I enjoy that vibe to it, and I I love this record. You don't see enough of it, and uh, mm. something I do generally miss. Yeah. Call and response songs as well. You don't hear them anymore. Mm. I'd love to hear a call and response song. Yeah. So, what's your number four? I'm going to go with uh, Clint Bradley's new one, Everything I Held Dear. Ooh, nice. I really like what he did with this uh, single. Hopefully, it's leading to an album, because yeah. I've obviously heard very recently that that's what usually happens, and you don't just release singles for fun. Um <laughs> But he's got a different approach to this song compared to the album, and I really love what he did with his vocals on this one. It's yeah. sort of really old school and croony, and uh, I do love old school crooners, especially with like the sort of um, low end guitar and stuff, yeah. sort of weaving out. And it's just a really nice song, and um, I said his vocals next level on it. I, I feel he, he really it. elevated. Like his albums were already great. Yeah, and this is taking it up a notch somehow, but it's he hasn't played it everything. safe, has he? It's, it's yeah. changed it up yeah. a bit. That's that's definitely it, man. It's not like anything off the album, but it's it's definitely like really. It's probably the most impressive I've heard him on recording. Mm. Yeah, I really do enjoy this new one. Yeah, no, definitely my number four. I'm I'm interested to see if we have any clashes at some point. I've read your list, so we definitely don't. Oh, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Number four for me is Charlie Crockett's The Man from Waco. Ooh, nice. Yeah, which I just thought was a really fucking great album. And yeah, after seeing him live as well, because I got the album before, saw him live, I was like, do you know when you hope artists play the tracks from the album? Because it gets a bit... Like, I remember I saw Iron Maiden in 2006, and they only played the new album, and I was like, this is fucking bullshit. But yeah. there's artists and albums where you're like, I really want to hear, like, I don't want to hear, like, the older stuff, even though I love it, I want to fucking hear this new stuff. And he played, like, I'm just a clown, like, I'm just a clown and stuff, and it was just so good. They opened with the Man From Waco theme with the band, and then he came on, and it was just so sick to hear those songs live, and it's made me revisit the album, and it's just a fucking great album. He's doing some pretty impressive things, man. Like yeah. Blowing up socials as well. The amount of people posting about him. Mm. It's just testament to what good music he's putting out. And he's relentless. Like his work schedule's yeah. not up. 
Yeah. And he's also got the fucking lockdown pat. He just looks amazing as well. Yeah, man. He looks the part. Yeah. Sounds the part. Yeah. People are loving it. Yeah. Josh, hit me with your number three. No, we might need to chuck this one, but I'm going to go Alex Connolly wrong again. According to what I looked at, it was only eight months ago. I'm, didn't that come out in 2020? I don't know. I could have got this horribly wrong. <laughs> Ags only. Don't look too deep. I don't look like a dumbass again, but I'm doing a fantastic job of that tonight. Wrong again came out in 2019. See, I was wrong again. Perfect. Perfect segue. <laughs> Perfect segue. Wrong again. <laughs> Fine. I'll let you, you have it. You thought this was all by accident, but... <laughs> I'll let you have it because Ags is fucking incredible. And that album I don't was... know where I've got that eight months from then. I thought, wow, he's really cheering him out this year. <laughs> did, did a YouTube video come out for it or something? Possibly. Oh, did the vinyl get released after it? Not a clue. No. Not but a clue. Ags is amazing. His Kickstarter is fully funded, so there's a brand new album coming out next year. So I'll I'll let you have this because it gets us to plug up UK artists in the middle of this. And it's clearly a clever pun and deliberate segue and not at all me being a dumbass. <laughs> I did like 20 minutes prep before we logged on to this, by the way. I've been at a pantomime. <laughs> 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 Completely forgot. <laughs> yeah, 20 minutes prep, three cans deep. 2019 is close enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's a 20. What can I say? Yeah. Uh, my number three is the Local Honeys, Local Honeys record, which came out this year, which they're always just fucking great. They are so good at what they do. Yeah. And they keep, it's the same thing you were talking about, Clint. They keep elevating and they keep pushing and trying new stuff, which I really enjoy. Like they could stick to just. Oh, just they could stick to the bluegrass duo thing and fucking kill, but they still push and bring in new things and write incredible songs with amazing lyrics. And it's it, they just keep pushing, man. And it's so fucking good to hear. It's nice old school music done exceptionally well, and they just they're incredible. Mm. All I can say about it, like, yeah, you can listen to that whole album, and there's never a dull moment, is it? Like, it's you don't really get that a lot with a lot of albums either. Mm. You know, not every song's a big fucking banger, but I can't think of one I didn't like on that album. Yeah, man, totally. What was your number two? Yeah, I'm sorry, starting to second guess these choices now. <laughs> From 1970, Marty yeah, Roberts. <laughs> have you heard of a man named Willie Nelson? <laughs> <laughs> I found this interesting little number. It's called the Redheaded Stranger. <laughs> <laughs> Must be new. I haven't heard of it. Um, I was going to go Brennan Lee. Obsessed with the West. Nice. But I could have fucked those dates again. I don't know. I'm terrible around numbers. No, Brennan quite, Lee, she's been on a ton of... Um, quite frankly, I don't give a damn. Red lists. Nope, that, that finally falls into the caveat of 2022 releases. No? Even what a blind like? monkey can find a banana, man. <laughs> what did you like about that album? What brought you to it? What kept you listening to it? It's such a nice mix of different styles. You might get some like old school Western ballads. You might get something a bit more honky tonk of the big band sound. Um, lovely voice, really vintage sounding voice. Really well written songs as well. What's not to like? Yeah. Again, another one. She's got the look down. She's got the voice down. She's got the songs down. Mm. Could be doing. Definitely one to keep your eye on. Yeah, man. I think she's coming over next year. That would be incredible. I know she's got a few dates announced, but I assume there's more dates to be announced or promoters haven't done their job and promoted these fucking shows well enough for me to find. And I've seen two that are the opposite end of like Britain. So there's got to be shit in the middle. Either someone doing logistics needs firing all this government. <laughs> Dates. Yeah, I think there's a couple of days in between the dates as well, so it, like there has to be. But then, like the size difference of the UK compared to the states, like four hours is nothing. Yeah. Whereas you could probably clear most of the country. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. My number two, and I know you like this record as well. Joshua Hadley's Neon Blue. Oh yeah, man! Such a fucking good record. He's uh, such an interesting guy as well. I quite like um, following what he puts on socials quite a bit. Yeah, he's got Not a really it. distinct voice, both yeah. on record and on online. 
And it's been really interesting to see the two. And then I got to play with them and see those songs live. And it was just fucking incredible. Yeah, man. That's an excellent choice. Really. Yeah. But I, I still can't believe I forgot he was in Hot One Highways Revisited. Did he even know? Yeah, he's on the cover of the DVD. Fucking hell. <laughs> and in the in the film, he plays Guy Clark's LA Freeway. And yeah. halfway through his set, he's like, I'm going to do requests. And I fucking screamed that at him without realizing he'd fucking played it on this film <laughs> that I've seen like three times and I've never made the connection. Because it says on the film, it puts a picture of him up and Joshua Headley. And then he's going through a record store talking about all this shit and picking out records and it's him playing. And none of that connected with me to be like, I'm playing with this guy. And then not only going to play with him, I'm going to scream a song I've already seen him play on a film and make him do it live. And it was fucking phenomenal. It was just him and a pedal steel guitarist. And it was so fucking good. And that album is just insane. Neon Blue is so fucking good. Yeah, it's like... You don't hear a lot of that style of country anymore either. It's like, do you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. It's really nice to hear. And he does it so well. And his voice is incredible. Yeah. And um, I really just, he's got a bucket way with weirds as well. Yeah. Mm. He's got that classic, like how country artists find like double meanings and stuff and take yeah. metaphors and evolve them and twist them and things. He just does it perfectly on this record. The weird play is just fantastic. Yeah. Okay, what's your number one album? <laughs> number one, um, <laughs> Halloween, uh, Girl, Where You're From. Hopefully that's going to be leading to another album. Nice. It's a single, I believe. Again, I'm basing this on no facts. <laughs> but in my head, that's what's happened, and that's what's going to happen. <laughs> and, and what was you liked about that? I don't think I've listened to that one. I, just, I love all of his stuff. I think she's really like one of the top country artists let alone female artists just got like a really fun vibe to all of his songs and her uh, voice is incredible um yeah again just superb like it's just a really fun listening and it's almost like that again that timeless sort of style it's undeniably country and uh, i just really enjoy it yeah nice my number one, and I'm not just saying this because I gigged one, two, three, four, five times of them this year. My number one record this year is Chris Dover's It's a Difficult World. Not that difficult now, Chris, is it? Is that <laughs> yeah. It's only <laughs> difficult if you want him to promote anything on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> but this is my pick of the year because it's just fucking incredible, man. And I think I shared a memory from last year where he sent me the, um, in 2021, he sent me the kind of roughs. I don't know if it'd been mastered yet or it might've been mastered, but it wasn't released until I think early 2022. And I remember putting up on Facebook being like, he's about to fucking change the game. And I truly think this album's fucking gonna be a staple of whatever the UK scene becomes. I think that album is gonna be talked about i think when people get fucking wise to it and realize what's happening that's going to be a record he like i've i've said this to him and i'll say it repeatedly he is to me the guy clark or the towns van zandt of what we've got going on in the uk and he's yeah. so precise with his words and his delivery of stuff that it's just incredible to listen to and i just the title track's amazing but every fucking song is so well done that you can't help but respect it. It's so good. Yeah, man. Yeah. I like um just always in awe of his guitar playing as well. He's a fantastic musician. Yeah. Like through that tour, I just sat there watching his hands and watching him play. And <laughs> as somebody like who I will honestly confess that I butcher the fuck out of the guitar and winging it most of the time. <laughs> I'm a nightmare to jam with. So to see someone who can actually play it <laughs> is just a tremendous experience and like apart from enjoying avocados for a fry up he's a wonderful human being yeah i am um, but unfortunately yeah, the avocado so i'm holding that against him for life so you have to the only <laughs> reason he's not a solid 10 yeah i've not brought her up from the gig on wednesday yet though 
but he was halfway through his set and he started playing a song from the new record and he yeah. did the intro, nailing the intro, got the first lyric, had no idea what it was. And he was like, I've, for- I've forgotten this. But luckily he had one lyric book left, which he sold at later that night. So I picked up the lyric book and ran to the front of the stage and had to read out like I was a fucking high school reading Shakespeare to be like reading the first line of his song to him so we could like actually remember what the fuck was happening. I'm glad it's not just me because I will fucking butcher the shit out of my own songs worse than any cover. <laughs> yeah. Something overtakes you and your mind goes blank and then yeah. it's just game over. Yeah. He just needed the one line. He didn't even need to stand behind him and whisper yeah. the whole song into his ear, but... He... Once you can get it moving again, you're usually all right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, that's my number one pick for this year is It's a Difficult World by Chris because it's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. I can remember, man, like, um, when we did that song <laughs> and my guitar just dropped tune in middle of his track. I was like, already started in there. And he he picked up the note. He's like, oh, I was going to tweak it for you. He's like, thank fuck you didn't because it was actually the D that dropped down. <laughs> it's gone down a full <laughs> step. So like, if he did try to fix my G, it would have made things even worse. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's impressive, like people like that who can just like hear shit and know exactly yeah. what's going on. He's so annoyingly talented. He is, isn't he? He's just <laughs> one of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to do some honorable mentions. Um. So. One honorable mention is Jackson Ward's self-titled EP, which came out this year, which was what got my attention to his stuff. I can't even remember how I found him, to be honest. I sent him to you because I found him on Instagram. Yeah. Look at this adorable motherfucker singing deep as fuck songs. Yeah. You were almost on the cusp of where you shouldn't have been on Instagram and starting to groom young men. <laughs> you're so jealous because you're old as fuck. But <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, his self-titled EP was great. And um, so I wanted to give a shout out to that. And I also wanted to shout out Tommy Prine, John Prine's son, for his single Ships in the Harbor, which came out this year. He's not released an album yet, but he's done another single, which I can't remember the name of, but Ships in the Harbor just fucking knocked me off my feet. It's such a good song. So I wanted to give a shout out to that as well. Ironically, though, like it would be Jackson that groomed you because he's a barber. <laughs> I bet he looks at me and he's just furious. <laughs> <laughs> He'd love to get hold of your head. Yeah. And also Jackson answered our call out when I asked what their favorite, like what the Rogue's favorite uh, records and gigs of the year was. And his favorite record of the year was Charlie Crockett's, which makes sense because he loves that guy. And his favorite gig of the year was Charlie Crockett's as well. And his second favorite gig was Sierra Farrell's. It would have been his first favorite gig if you hadn't played. He's told me that on multiple occasions, to be quite <laughs> honest. Bit of a vicious bugger, to be honest. Um, <laughs> don't let that baby face fool you. He's, his tongue's a knife. <laughs> Cut you to the floor. He's right, though. It's fucking tall, terrible, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so... Thank God Sierra's here to salvage it. I know. Thank, thank goodness we brought someone talented in. Yeah. Help carry the show. <laughs> yeah. And then our next segment is favorite gigs. If you want to take a stab at that. No. I don't get to <laughs> nowhere near enough gigs to actually jump in and say anything. Yeah. As, we, as we're aware, there's no gigs in Wales. There isn't. I live in the arse end of anyway, like even for Wales, like okay. an hour from the motorway. But I don't get to a lot of stuff. I feel it counts if you got to play the show as well, and we've been very lucky to play with some great artists, which is why I've included Nick Shoulders in Leeds as one of my top gigs. Yeah. Because I opened the show and then I got to sit back and watch Grave Dancer and Nick do their thing, which is way fun, and I didn't have to pay for a ticket then. But I did. I actually bought a ticket for the Bolton show. So I played that as well. So I'm putting Nick Shoulders in Leeds as one of my favorite gigs of the year. He's insanely good live, isn't he? So fucking good. It's not fair. And uh, the harmonies he's doing with um, Grant, yeah, they were just phenomenal. Like he does a lot of vocal acrobatics, so yeah. for him to try and harmonize with that just mm. blew my mind every time, and it just seemed effortless. Yeah, it's cool when you see two artists who are just so in the pocket and so in sync, and they're fucking friends as well. Where you're just like, oh shit, this is what it's meant to be. Like this is what it is, and it's so yeah. fun to watch. They've clearly done this before. Yeah. <laughs> And then my other favorite Such nice gigs. people as well, like yeah, they're they so nice. Yeah, uh, like 
like everyone on that tour was just genuinely lovely. Yeah. And then my other favorite gigs, Amigo the Devil in Manchester. Phenomenal show. I agree with Jackson. Charlie Crockett was so fucking good at the Deaf Institute. The Oh Boy Showcase with Arlo McKinley, Emily Scott Robinson, and Kelsey Walden was insane. And that's another thing where I was talking about the tribute to Billy Joe Shaver, where it feels old school. There's not enough gigs of people fucking playing together. And like they got up on on like all together on stage at the end of the night and did Paradise by John Prine. And it's cool to see a label showcase because there are some great country and roots labels and people need to do this more often. And it was like, I think it was like 15 quid a ticket, which is insane for them three. Yeah. This, this blows your mind, doesn't it, really? Like, yeah. All that talent for 15 quid as a mm. fiver each. <laughs> Absolutely nuts. And then my final favorite gig of the year was you and Sierra. As a fan, because yeah. I, I really do enjoy your music. Like see... I said before, man, like it genuinely blew my mind watching that as a fan. Mm. Like yeah. literally couldn't string two ways together in the morning because we tried to do a podcast then. <laughs> like so much talent on that stage. Yeah. And the atmosphere was spot on. No, totally. It's just a pit it's just a pity I wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, man, but obviously I've like I've made no pretenses or try to hide the fact I do really fucking enjoy your music, which is why we're friends. And I also try and put you on shows when I can, but to see you play and not just play, but crush it in front of like 300 people and then to get to see Sierra Farrell fucking just slay was just an old one too. That was so fucking good to watch from the side of the stage. Yeah, man. And again, I didn't have to pay for a ticket for that either. (laughs) You can't fold that. Can you? No, it's so good. It's like the perks of the job because the pays aren't there, but you get to see some pretty cool shit. Yeah, that's the thing, man. Like, I don't want to fucking... I'm going to chuck the rustic stomp in here as well because that was a fucking banging weekend. I needed to talk about that as well because that was an insane weekend, but um, I lost my train of thought. But I, I, what was I going to say? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, what you were saying about the perks of the job is, you know, the pay as a fucking independent country musician isn't amazing. But yeah. the sh- the gigs we've got to be on, it almost pays for itself. I don't want to tell people it pays for itself because I won't no. get paid. The pay's but, bad, but at least the work yeah. is hard. Yeah, but some promoters <laughs> who know me will, like, they do know I'll fucking do a gig for the poster if it's a really good show. So I've done that a few times, and it's so good. It's just to be able to sit back and watch someone at the top of their game kill it. Yeah, man, like, it's... It's a really humbling experience to see somebody at the top of their field give one hell of a performance and you like you're right there on the front lines getting to see it all. Yeah, and you get to see the sound jack as well, which I always like. Yeah. Little peek behind the curtain sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. But let's get back to Rustic Stuntman because we do need to talk about that. I don't think they've announced next year's lineup yet, have they? I think they've announced no. like one or two people. I've seen it. Yeah, we've we've seen it. <laughs> so sorry, Hawkeye. Let me get my message out. <laughs> but this year's rustic stomp. Um what like outside of my actual gigs, it was an amazing festival. Yeah. It's such um a great atmosphere there, it's really friendly. You can pretty much get anything there, like there's such a mix of musicians. Yeah. It really does go from the full spectrum of like roots music, and like they're all mixing together as well. You know, mm. it was like goths, punks, cowboys, cow punks. <laughs> <laughs> Some dude dressed in a cocktail dress with a big drop handle mustache, riding a horse he'd made out of a stick and a welly. You know what I mean? Like it's the full festival experience there, and like if you're into like real deal good music this is one of the top grassroots festivals you can get down to and see 100 percent, and it was just cool it's lovely yeah and it was cool because obviously me and you were on the bill mark J. lee was on the bill uh hans deville frank from blue velvet and just to fucking hang out with you mark hans and some of like the other band members to just go through some buck owens and george jones songs and shit it was so fucking good Jamming all night, a couple of beers with your mates. Yeah. You know, got to see the Boot Heel Playboys as well, which is like Western Swing. Yeah. 
been mean to catch those guys for a while. I didn't even realize they're on the bill till I got there. <laughs> like I said, there's literally something for everyone at that festival. No, totally. Anything else you you want to add from the releases or gigs of the year? Not that I could think of, but I'll probably end up texting you a load of shit by the time <laughs> you finish. Yeah, I'll just put the screenshots of the text up. <laughs> yeah. But let's wrap this up and let's talk about 2023. Some of this might get heavily edited out because I'm going to start talking about things and stuff might get edited out depending on if we should be announcing it or not. Yeah. So the first thing for 2023 is I want to talk about the podcast because we've rebranded it this year, which I think really fucking helped. And we dropped the Spotify stats the other month when Wrapped came out. And it's it's grown, man. I'm really fucking happy with how the podcast's turned out and the uh, reception we're getting behind it. Um, so that's been fun. And we've got some cool guests lined up. Uh, and hopefully we're just going to keep fucking going forward with that to try and do because I really think it's an important part of what we can can do with Rogue yeah. is to try and do this stuff. And obviously we've got great UK artists to chat to. Like we've got Buffalo Ghost as the next guest after this. So Buffalo Ghost is our first guest of 2023. I'm <laughs> I don't have much to do with the podcast, Mike. That's your baby. <laughs> I just like listening to him. <laughs> and then in 2023 this might get it out. We're launching Road Country Records. Mm. And the first record to be released on the Road Country Record label is your record. <laughs> if, it ever, if it ever gets done. <laughs> if it ever gets done. Well, where are you up to with the record right now? Uh, done all the guy tracks. They're finished, top to bottom, done them. Got like five songs that need finishing off completely, like just little bits and pieces. And then uh, a whole bunch of other shit to do. But so, it's, it so, seems like a feasible. Way in. Yeah, I'm just joking because uh, it's been on and off for so long because like COVID and stuff. Yeah. So I do like the poke phone at it, but um, yeah, hopefully it's going to be out next year. So I think I think it's safe to say Rogue Country Records Rogue Country Records is starting next year. Josh Bettis's TBA album title um will be announced through Rogue Country Records and it's gonna be kickstarted to fund the production of vinyl because I believe a record doesn't exist until it's on vinyl. And that sticking point for me means I'm going to make you so in death. So, so <laughs> in death. No, what, what it means is with Rogue Country and the people we've managed to get around this type of music, we're hoping if people want to put their money towards this record to fund it, we're going to give them that opportunity to make it, do a Kickstarter, fund the production of it, and they get a record out of it. So it's basically just an elaborate pre-order system to make sure that we can afford to fund these records. And the idea is to hopefully have two more records out next year on Rogue Country Records if everything goes well. Yeah. But uh, it's coming. Keep your eye out for that. It's slowly coming together. The record's yeah. nearly there. I've done the logo, which is the obviously the hardest path so it's all <laughs> so road country records is 2023 your record i'm planning to go into the studio because i released my last record on cog life records which isn't a real record label either but this is going to be more of a real record label because there's more than me on it <laughs> so the hopefully the plan is us two will release on that hopefully yeah. someone else that we're gonna start approaching and prompting and seeing what they want to do with it but the goal, people in mind. the goal is to kickstart the production of the records really because you know again this is grassroots this is independent we can't afford to take a risk and be a few thousand pound in the whole pair record so the, the idea is take it to the people if the people fund it we can get it made if the people can't fund it we'll see what we can do at then, but that is the goal for 2023 is the launch of Rogue Country Records. And then finally, do you want to talk live? Let's go for it. 
this might again get cut out. One part will definitely not get cut out because it's definitely happening. Is yeah. on September 17th at the Swinging Arm in Birkenhead, Wirral, up in the northwest of England. We are doing the Hank Williams 100 show. So to celebrate Hank Williams' 100th birthday, we're going to be putting on a tribute to him. And it's not all these artists playing constant Hank Williams tributes. It is original sets inspired by Hank Williams. All these artists consider Hank Williams a inspiration. It's, and they're going to be throwing a few covers in on the ninth. It's a celebration. It's a celebration. A yeah. Celebrating the man who influenced so many of us yeah. in this style of music. And- it's a tribute in the dictionary sense not in the band sense yeah we're not going to be dressing up and doing yeah. covers like- yeah we're not going to be wank hilliams make <laughs> 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 for yourself that's my new stage name <laughs> but yeah so on september 17th at the swinging arm in birkenhead in world in the northwest we're going to announce the lineup at some point soon as well but it's a free entry gig which is also a cool thing and on September 17th, there's going to be five artists, maybe six, performing a celebration of Hank Williams' music. And I'm really fucking excited for it, man. I've got plans for backdrops and things like that, and I'm looking forward to it. And following on from that, on the same date, there's going to be a Welsh show. Hopefully. Hopefully. But the lineup spoken to, the venue seems keen. It's just settling things and put it all down to paper yeah but that will be a ticketed event yeah it's going to be a shorter this one in Birkenhead's going to be an all dayer with like five or six artists this is going to be a concentrated evening event and pre-sale tickets will definitely fucking help that event go ahead 100% because um, venue fees and stuff like that we're in the hole before we start so we do need to make it work if it's going to go ahead I can't stress that enough. Yeah. It's the only way that it will go ahead is if people back it from the start and don't wait till the last minute. Mm-hmm. I got kids to feed. I can't be <laughs> chucking money around for venues. That's the thing, man. We can't. It's hard because, you know, we'd love to put every show on and produce every record we can, but we just don't have the funds or the energy. <laughs> got to be realistic. On. Have to be realistic for it and making sure we can. Make because the thing with Rogue is because the thing that annoyed me last year was we cancelled a few gigs and we cancelled a few this year because of COVID and artists moving and stuff. And I don't want to promise and then not deliver. Yeah. So it's one of those things where the more we can get people on board to help us deliver, the less likely it is that shit will get cancelled and not happen. Oh, yeah. Like you wouldn't expect anyone else to just dump money down the drain in any other profession. So, yeah, exactly. If you want, if you want shows to happen, then you have to go to shows. Yeah. So, next year, definitely one Hank Williams show happening. Probably Ideally good. and hopefully and potentially two Hank Williams shows happening on September 17th with amazing lineups. And then I'm going to beep this out for fun. I've been talking to. And if those all go ahead, we're fucking sitting pretty for the rest of the year. And I don't want to story top you here, Michael, but I've been talking to Chris Dover about a date. Ooh. <laughs> like a gig or is just like a candlelit dinner because candlelit dinner be would be things. nice with them. <laughs> it could be two things. It's fine. Yeah. But in between those artists that we've been talking to, we're obviously going to be putting on rogue shows with UK artists to try and fit what we've been doing. Because I think this year's shown there is a bit of a demand there. People are getting a bit hungry for it. People are getting to know what we're doing. People are picking up our flyers and knowing what's happening. And at the end of the day, what more could you want? Can't like dinner, apparently, but... <laughs> be his midnight friend. Midnight friend. Yeah. The Ash Hardly special. So, that is 2022 wrapped up. How do you feel about that, Josh? Awful. Makes sense. Way past my bedtime. (laughs) I've had to spend an evening with you instead of doing literally anything else. Um, (laughs) Far too much peopling for me. Well, you don't have to people... You don't have to people anymore now. No, like, in all honesty, it's been a great year, and I think we've seen growth across the board for everything and I'm just really happy with all the support that we've seen so far and Mm -hmm. 
I don't know about you, but this year felt differently to everything else we've been doing so far, both with Rogue Country and in our own music stuff. So Yeah. A shout-out to this all the show... amazing rogues who have been commenting and sharing all our posts as well and things, which has been helping us actually yeah. gain traction online and stuff because that shit matters a load as well. Yeah, again, like recommend acts, be vocal about who you like, and yeah. um, it'll grow from there. You know, the amount of people that I found that way who I absolutely love and adore now, it's definitely worth doing. So be vocal, be active, and just help spread the word. And keep it rogue. Happy 2022. Enjoy 2023. <laughs> and let's just call it there.